0: Welcome everybody, you guys are beautiful. Can you just look to your neighbor and just give them a really big compliment. Just say, you look great or something. Compliment their haircut, something like that. <clears throat> okay, that's enough. Don't be too nice. We got to make... <laughs> you guys look so good. You guys look so good. All right, they don't look that great. Stop talking. I'm kidding. I'm just joking. My name's Isaac. I'm a pastor here as well. Like Pastor Peter said, he's a pastor here. I'm a pastor here. Uh, And I wanna welcome you today. Um, Isn't it just a wonderful thing to be in the house of God? It's a wonderful thing. And this is an exciting Sunday because uh, you may not have known this walking through these doors, but today, is Activation Sunday. Woo! Yeah, come on. Come on. It's Activation Sunday, and that might terrify you. It kind of scares me too. What's that mean? We'll find out. But I have a message for you guys. Um, I'm excited to share it. Uh, we're going to call it Motion and Movement. Motion and Movement. What? What is it to be moved and led by God to be activated and engaged with his plans? Because... Um, I mean, that's a big question, and that's kind of a hard thing. It's a, it's a little bit intimidating to, to preach a message, and the goal to be your heart's stirred and your spirit's moved to action. Like, that's a pretty big deal, um, but I, and I can't do it. But guess who can? Holy Spirit, and he's here. He's with us, and he's going to speak to your heart. And I'm believing that the, the few words that I have do something in you to stir your heart and move your spirit to engage get this, with God, that's wild, and with each other in what God's doing. I like how Pastor Bob says it. We really just want to know, God, what are you up to? What are you doing? And how am I supposed to do it with you? And what do you want me to do about it? It's very simple. So that's our question today, motion and movement. Um, And we're going to talk about five things really quickly, five reflections. Uh, the The prophetic sense of right now, uh, we're actually gonna, we're gonna talk about Isaac Newton's first law of motion. My mom's a, a physics teacher, so that's what you're gonna get. Um, motion, we're gonna talk about friction, what prevents movement, um, that there are moments to move, and then activation, we'll have a time for activation. So that's what we're up to, but first, you guys, but first, jokes, okay? <laughs> but first. <laughs> I gotta give credit where credit is due I uh, outsourced the jokes today to Aiden Schrader. Aiden Schrader, you're in the hallway. I uh, know you're back there. You're, you can hear me. Take credit for all these. All right. Are you guys ready for some? I love jokes. I'm a dad. So brace yourself. What type of car? What t- oh, not yet, not yet. Go back. Just wait for that. What type of car did Jesus drive? not a Cadillac, a Chrysler, a Chrysler, Chrysler. Okay, but here's the thing, but here's the thing. He drove a Chrysler, obviously. His disciples, though, wanted to buy him a Honda. The 12, deci- there's, you know, the 12 came together, wanted to buy him a Honda, but they decided against it <laughs> when they realized that only five would fit in one accord, okay? Only five, <laughs> only five. They're like, Thomas, Judas, you know. Only five fit. Um, and not, well, one sec, one sec, I'll give you the cue. Not many people really give credit to Moses for this. Not many understand that he was way ahead of his time. He was actually a technological innovator. Because as we can see, technically Moses was the first person with a tablet downloading data from the cloud. <laughs> Do you know that? You didn't know that. Way ahead of his time. Way ahead. All right. <laughs> is not that good one more okay uh, this one's simple it's real quick which biblical judge was the best musician samson he brought the house down every time samson all right all right that's enough number one number one now now is a season of activation and movement and can i just say i thank you for thank you for being with me in the jokes i love the jokes okay Thank you. Uh, Now is a season of activation and movement. And uh, I mean, we just heard Doran say it, give a prophetic word of such. But I think if we're going to engage in the movement and the mission and the motion of God, we need to recognize the times. And I want to tell you that now is a season of activation and movement, Um. When the world is in commotion, God is in motion. Okay, <laughs> when when stuff's going on, we got to recognize there's a there's something for us to do and be aware of it, and not sit around. And so we got to realize that if we're going to engage with God and with each other in the movement of God, we need to recognize that it's right now. Now is the season of activation and movement. City Harvest Church. That includes us. And and I just want to draw our attention to this fact through through some. Through some prophetic evidence that we've seen as a church family, City Harvest. Uh, Pete, last week, was talking about the salvation of Jesus and how gratitude, it's a time for gratitude to fill our hearts, so much so that we are driven, that we want people to experience the great love of Jesus, that there is a wave of gratitude that needs to fill this family of the, sal- the saving grace of God that will mobilize us and move us to share and invite people to come Come and taste and see. Come and sit at the table. Our king has enough room for you here. Kara Grimm, when she spoke, she brought a prophetic word that, remember, the nursery. We need to make room. We need to add on. We We need to build a nursery to house newborns. And, you know, maybe it's physical newborns. Hello, families, young families. Or maybe it's spiritual newborns, but the fact is there is a... Uh, season coming of growth, addition, and we all know Zimby had a newborn in here. Their work, okay? They're messy, they smell, they work. Yeah, Chad. Amen. He's right. Re- yep. Amen. And then Bob. I-, I-, I love what Pastor Bob has been saying. We are in a move of God. We are not looking towards a move of God, but what we are experiencing today, the presence that we felt of uh, the Holy Spirit in the middle of our praise and offering to the Lord while we sang together is right now. We are in a move of God in this moment. And, and so we have Pastor Bob's voice and then Doran, of course, wherever Doran went. Um, Doran, even, even times past, there you are, uh, your word about stirring up the spiritual gifts. It's, t- it's not time to sit on what God has spoken, but we need to stir up spiritual gifts and move and take action. And so that's our prophetic evidence. But I also want to draw our attention to um, patterns of evidence in Scripture, okay, based on our now season. And if you could, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Exodus 35, verse 20 through 29. Okey-doke. It's in the new King Jimmy. Y'all ready? Okay, Exodus 35, 20 through 29. And let me just give you a little bit of context if you haven't read Exodus lately. This is after Moses has already been up the mountain of God once, okay? He went up the mountain of God. God wrote by the finger of God, I love that, the 10 commandments. While up there, while God uh, gave him, gave Moses instruction and commands to impart to the people, the people of Israel were down and about making idols and sinning. So Moses comes down the hill, finds them in their debauchery and wickedness and actually chucks the tablets, breaks them, okay? Then turns around, goes right back up the same hill, 40 more days, 40 more nights, no food, no water, gets God re, well, Moses pleads for the people, forget that part, (laughs) the people get saved because Moses pleads for them. And now he's coming back down the hill with commandments in his hand again, instructions and um. And, and and I guess impartation to the people. Okay, so that's where we're at. He has come down, and now he has spoken to the people. And here we are, chapter thirty-five, verse twenty. And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. Israel. Uh, then everyone came whose heart was stirred, and everyone whose spirit was willing. And they brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tabernacle of meeting. For all its service and for the holy garments. Verse 22. They came, both men and women, as many as had a willing heart, and brought earrings and nose rings, rings and necklaces, all jewelry of gold. That is, every man who made an offering of gold to the Lord. And every man with whom was found blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen and goat's hair, red skins of rams, and badger skins, does anybody have badger skins laying around? Brought them. (laughs) Everyone who offered an offering of silver or bronze brought the Lord's offering, and everyone with whom was found acacia wood for any work of the service, they brought it. Verse 25, all the women who were gifted artisans spun yarn with their hands and brought what they had spun of blue, purple, and scarlet and fine linen. And all the women whose hearts stirred with wisdom spun yarn of goat's hair. Interesting. The rulers brought onyx stones and the stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate and spices and oil for the light, for anointing oil and for the sweet incense. The children of Israel brought a free will offering to the Lord, all the men and women whose hearts were willing to bring material for all kinds of work, which the Lord, by the hand of Moses, had commanded to be done. I want, I want us to catch something here that Moses came down, the, the people had been drawn out, they had been selected by God, his own special possession. An, a, a nation set apart. They'd been selected. And now here comes Moses with commands, instruction, with revelation from God. And God gives them a promise. And there's, there's actually promise, promises of, of blessing and uh, curses of disobedience in Deuteronomy. But there's a promise that he will be with them. And I think we need to look at this and, and recognize the pattern here. Go ahead, Alicia. That... Um, selection of the people of God. And let's, let's look at revelation commands and instruction. Let's call that, in one word, vision. There's a people set apart, they have vision, and God promises to be with them. And, and we could look at Nehemiah and Acts, I'm gonna skip those today, going deeper into the examples, but the same principle is true. But I want us to draw our attention to us right now, City Harvest Church, 2022. January was what? vision month. We had vision meetings. We have been set apart. My goodness, have we been refined over the past couple years. Can I get an amen? We have been, <laughs> yeah, we have been refined through the crucible. Now we have vision and we have a promise, prophetic utterance that God will be with us when we go. So I want us to recognize that now is a season of activation and movement. Moves of God work through the movements of the people of God. Say, I'm the, I'm the people. We the people. Look at your neighbor and say, you the people. Not much enthusiasm on that. It's okay. Number two. <laughs> Motion begins by the Holy Spirit moving a willing heart and a ready spirit. Did you guys catch in our section of scripture we just read that their hearts were stirred and their spirits moved them? Their hearts were stirred and their spirits moved them. So motion begins by the Holy Spirit because we cannot change ourselves. There's a, there's a law. Let, let's, our friend Isaac Newton, welcome to this stage. Uh, he's here. Let's, let's look at a law of uh, the first law of motion here. Um. An object at rest stays at rest, and an object in motion stays in motion with the same speed and in the same direction, unless acted upon by an unbalanced force, okay? Their hearts were stirred and their spirits moved. Well, who did it? In your flesh, you cannot move. In your sin and in your stubbornness, separated from God, you are unable to move yourself into his will. It takes an unbalanced force. And let me introduce us to our resident unbalanced force, the Holy Spirit. And I just want to say, let's just say you're this book, okay? This book, there's gravity, there's gravity with downward force on this thing, and then this table is actually upward force, causing it to be in equilibrium. This thing will not move, holding all else constant, nothing else touching it, unless an unbalanced force acts upon this thing. So let's wind of the holy spirit isn't that good? the wind of the holy spirit moves this sucker. moves this sucker. and so, I think yeah, we can clap for it. But my point is, my point is that if we don't recognize the move of the holy spirit that now is the time our hearts, we can stay right here, we can be in equilibrium, we can stand here and saying, you know, God, your will be done. Your will be done. But then the wind of the holy spirit comes. That that we're calling him an unbalanced force. I know that's not the right term, but the holy spirit's at work. Things are moving, and we're sitting here and ignoring it. Instead of our hearts being stirred, allowing the wind of the Spirit to stir our hearts and move our spirits with the will of God, we need to be able, we need to be ready to move with the Spirit. Motion. Begin to be in motion. Now, how does the Holy Spirit move us? Well, first, Rebirth by faith in Jesus Christ. We were all moved from a kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light. When we repented and believed in Jesus, and now, as Pete was preaching last week, compassion and gratitude fill our heart, and what did they do? How was Jesus moved? He was moved with what, church? Compassion towards the people. The Holy Spirit moves on us through our faith in Jesus. He moves on us through speaking, through The Word of God. The Word of God. Man, my goodness, I love this book. I love this book. I hope you do too. God speaks to us through this book and tells us where we're to go, how we're to do it, with whom we're supposed to do it with. Right here. Dive, eat, and chew on this like it's food. Drink it like it's water. The Holy Spirit is wrapped up, is intertwined, speaks through the pages of this book. We need to become a church that is hungry for the word of God, not just hungry to hear a message, not just hungry to hear Pete and Tamar lay out what we're about to do, but is so desperate for God that my goodness, I'm gonna gonna meet with Jesus, I'm gonna meet with the Holy Spirit in this book. Relationship and encouragement in community. The Holy Spirit says, Jesus says, "Where two or more are gathered, I am there among them. We need to be in community, in relationship, encouraging one another to move. The Holy Spirit is all up in that. OK? If you're not in a community group, I, I'd encourage you, get on the realm, check out the groups, get in a community group. And then lastly, by removing resistance, the Holy Spirit moves us by removing resistance through conviction. Discipline and refinement, right? This one's not very fun. And if if I'm going to call, you know, conviction, discipline, or you can be, you can be convicted, you can be disciplined, and you can be refined, almost against your will. I feel sometimes, right? You can not enjoy that. You can resist. <laughs> you can be against that. But there's something that happens when you when you allow the Holy Spirit to to stir your heart and move your spirit and allow these things to take place, conviction, discipline, and refinement. And when you're together with the Holy Ghost in these activities, I think we could call that consecration. Consecration. And activation, activation Sunday, occurs with consecration. They consecrated themselves first. Joshua 3.5. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourselves. The Holy Spirit will not act upon you against your free will. The plans of God require the free will offering of his people to partner with him in what he's doing. That is the way he wants it. That's called relationship. God has sovereignly given you the ability to offer him freely your love and to partner with him. That's incredible. Consecrate yourselves, and then, and then, um, just not quite done with physics. Okay, not quite done. You know what grinds movement to a halt? To a halt. It's called friction. It's called friction. Now, say this: this book. We've been stirred. We've been moved by the Holy Spirit. We've, you know, maybe some of you, maybe some of you, it's not a wind that you need. Maybe you just need like a like a slap in the face can I just 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 take it right now right to the face no kidding okay like holler all right so once you're moving once you're moving okay this this is very scientific my book here this is representing friction what what causes a, a movement of God to halt or or to to not move in the first place well it's friction see the, the, back, the back side of this book has bumps and stuff on it. And this table has grain on it. And the, the movement of those together actually slows down. See, if there was no friction in this process, this book would go forever. So let me, um, let me just say, friction resists motion. And I want us to think about friction this way. Friction, uh, friction is, is you and I. <laughs> God has a perfect will, and he wants to accomplish it through us. And by the way, he will accomplish his will with or without us. And, and we have the opportunity to either resist in, in a, with friction or to allow the Holy Spirit to remove the friction that we would bring. That would be sin. And, and let the move of God roll, and, and let revival flourish, and let our church become all that it's called to be, people, a safe place for people to flourish, uh, a, a place where we are living our identity and our purpose in Christ. What causes friction? What works against the move of God? Sin. Inadequacy and security. The devil is a liar, and he will tell you, you are not good enough, you are not strong enough, you do not belong. He will say that your gifts can't work, that you are not able. With every breath that he breathes, that's what he's about, unsettled accounts. Is there unforgiveness in your heart? Is there emotional damage or trauma that that you're letting remain unsettled? Is Is there an area of your life that maybe it's really painful for you to give to the Holy Spirit, but he's saying give it? Unsettled accounts, pride. We think pretty highly of ourselves, and we're pretty cool. Aiden, you're pretty cool, like you. But uh, you're not too special, okay? (laughs) You're not too special to love your brother and sister. You're not too special. In fact, you're just special enough. <laughs> you're just special enough to serve each other. You're just special enough to be on the parking team outside in the rain. You're just special enough to be in the black hole abyss of, no, I'm kidding, in, in Celebration Kids. No, I, I, I'm joking. I have children. I love them. Hi, Teddy. I'm joking. No, it's an honor. It's a joy. Overthink. Sometimes we overthink things. I, and I, I look at the spiritual gifts. You know the ones I'm talking about? The ones in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and Romans 12? There's three different spots. All these spiritual gifts are listed there. And it's, it's in the Bible. I'm not about to say I'm not, you know, about, about the Bible. I love the Bible. We talk about that. <clears throat> My point here is I think sometimes there's friction in, in what God's asking us to do in the motion that he wants to, to work through us because we overthink these things. We overthink these things. There's gonna be a spiritual gifts test that will go out to you this week. So uh, love these, okay? They're very purposeful. But I want us to just think about how did Paul know how to write 1 Corinthians, Ephesians, and uh, Romans 12? How How did he know what to say? Let me just bring you to the disciples' experience. The Holy Spirit has been poured out And they begin what? They begin walking with Holy Spirit. They begin moving with Holy Spirit. They begin discovering who they are, how they've been made, and what comes out of them when they obey, okay? They're discovering. And then maybe, maybe, just maybe, Paul and the disciples are are beginning to, to see some patterns in how the Holy Spirit moves. And they begin to bucket them into categories. Let's call it healing. Let's call it evangelism. Let's call it prophecy. And I'm just saying... Just maybe we overthink it and, and need a title before we're willing to move when the disciples actually discovered through movement, through obedience, the gifts of the Spirit. We get it backwards, don't we? We're like, oh man, I can't do nothing for the Lord. I don't know if, I'm a, if my ministry is healing or if it's teaching. What's the difference between teaching and preaching? Am I a teacher or a preacher? Come on. We discover our gift through movement with the Holy Spirit. And He tells us, okay? Perfectionism, I'm gonna pick on us perfectionists because high five. that's me. I'm gonna pick on us a little bit. Perfectionism uh, is a safety blanket, it's ultimately fear fear of man or fear of self failure, okay? Don't wait to be perfect. Uh, Perfectionism is actually rooted in comparison. Is anybody like me sort of a a bit of a perfectionist, maybe to some level or degree, where you're like, I got to know what I'm doing before I do it. I need to be, yep, exactly, Okay. Perfectionism is rooted in comparison. And comparison crushes, man. Comparison kills. Comparison cripples us from movement. And so here's my encouragement for us perfectionists. aim for purpose, not perfection. Aim for purpose, not perfection. <laughs> Aim for purpose, not perfection. Because purpose is much easier to hit, by the way. It's a way bigger target. But it's way easier. It's way easier. Purpose is a partnership with God. It's, it's not a standard to uphold. Uh, purpose is a cornerstone, it doesn't shift like perfectionism does because perfectionism is inherently relative. You guys know what I'm saying? It moves with the tides, but purpose is a cornerstone in Jesus. And so purpose-driven people allow God to perfect them, okay? That's all I gotta say. Purpose-driven people allow God to perfect them. So don't, you perfectionists, you and me, if we're waiting for something, allow God, as you step into purpose, to perfect you. That's scary, yeah, it is. But Hebrews 12, one says, lay aside, ooh, that's really small. Can you guys see that? Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Our perfectionism, our sin, all that stuff. Come on, we got a race to run. Let's lay it aside, join with Holy Spirit, walk with Holy Spirit, and begin to move. Number, uh, that was number three, yeah? Number four. Okay, number four. Number four. Moments. Moments come as opportunity for movement. Moments come as opportunity for movement. And I think that's why it's so important to recognize number one, which is now. Now is a moment, because moments will come and go. And there are moments that come and go that are actually opportunities to join the will of God and to join with each other in the movement of God. I like Moses. Moses is a good character. Um, Any Moses fans? Y'all like Moses? Thanks, Keller. Moses. (laughs) Moses in Scripture, Exodus, uh, I think it's, there it is. Exodus 14, verse 15 through 16, there's this really funny exchange between Moses and God where the Israelites have, uh, they're at the Red Sea, okay? And and Moses is in dialogue with the Lord, and he's crying out to God, (laughs) We're about to die, God. (laughs) The Egyptians are coming, help us. We're we're facing an insurmountable, we can't cross the Red Sea. Do something, Lord, is what Moses is saying, and I like how God replies. Maybe you guys have laughed at this too. God says, why are you crying out to me? Okay, I'm like, that's reasonable, Lord, seriously. But apparently, and then God says, Moses, lift up your staff. Lift up your staff. He basically says, Moses, shut up and move. Do something. Know that I'm with you. Lift up your staff. And it's a stick. We call it a, like, the rod of God is like this stick. We'll get to that later. Okay. Esther. Esther, you know, have you read the book of Esther? You, you, you see that Morde- uh, um, uh, man, Haman, Haman's the guy I'm looking for. Has this plot to actually destroy the people of God, and and uh, and it's working. He's convinced the king. But here's Esther in position to actually approach the king, and Mordecai says, "You got to do this. You got to approach the king." This is in uh, uh, Esther 4, 14 through 17, by the way. I'm just paraphrasing for time's sake, but Mordecai says, could it be that you were called for such a time as this to be in your position to speak to the king on our behalf? And then I love Esther. She says, whether I live or die, I will do it. And we know God delivers. There was a moment for her to step into. Elisha in 1 Kings 19 uh, 19 through 21 Elijah comes by, and it's this awesome scene where Elijah comes by, throws the mantle on Elisha, a moment, a decision point, a moment of movement, and Elisha steps into it, and what's he do? He doesn't delay, he kills the oxen that he's plowing the field with, makes an altar, and brings a sacrifice to God. Then he says, Goodbye, mom and dad, I'm going because God has called me. And then Daniel, one of my favorites, chapter 2, 16 through 18. Nebuchadnezzar is this madman who's saying, you got to tell me what my dream is. I've been having these dreams. You got to tell me what my dream is, and then you have to interpret it for me. And so he's given this task to all these magicians and wise men of the time, right? Well, they're like, that's mad. No one can do that. But Daniel, I love Daniel's, I love Daniel's statement. He says, king, he doesn't just say, he doesn't just say, here's what it is. He says, because there's this like resting trust in God that Daniel has. He says, King, I'll do it, but just give me a minute. Just give me a minute. So he, he commits to the hard task. So Can I give you just a really quick tip? Evangelism in the workplace, okay? Sometimes you got to commit to hard tasks that seem beyond you so that the Lord can work through you. How do you evangelize in the workplace? you got to trust God that he put you there on purpose, and that sometimes you need to take some hard assignments and offer it to the Lord and do them with excellence and prove that there's something different. There's a different spirit in you. He will promote you. God will promote you. Your boss will recognize the favor of the Lord like he did on Daniel. Okay? Mini-sermon. So let's talk about opportunity cost. Or, sorry, City Harvest Church. City Harvest Church. I believe we're in a moment. We've said that. But there's an opportunity cost, and this is an economics term. I was in finance for eight years, so just hang with me, okay? Let me define it for you. This is how my brain works. Opportunity costs defined. The loss of potential gain from other alternatives where one alternative is chosen, okay? So there's a there's a cost to choosing one option over another. You pay for both of them. In finance, it's also called time value of money, okay? A dollar today, has anybody heard this? Talking, I don't know. Okay, thank you. Hey, a dollar today is actually worth more than a dollar tomorrow. You say, Isaac, why does that make any sense? It's still a dollar. Well, there's an opportunity that a dollar today possesses that tomorrow it doesn't. There's a time factor. There's an investment factor where if you put to work, if you put in motion the gift, let's just skip to the moral. If you put in motion, if you invest the gift now, if you give what what God has given you now, he can actually grow it into something tomorrow that when you gave it tomorrow, it would not be that because it didn't have the time to mature, okay? There's an opportunity cost to missing the moment, but there's also a great opportunity and there's a cost to the opportunity. Listen, it's expensive to, to invest all you have. It's expensive. It costs you. It costs you comfort. It costs you your, your hesitation to be in ambiguous like scenarios. Who hates ambiguity? Man, it's, it's, sometimes it's not fun to not know what's coming. But it has a cost. But the opportunity for what God will do through you, through City Harvest Church in this season, Activation Sunday 2022, is too great. It's too grand. The people that need to hear the gospel are too many. There's a world that's broken. It's not too far gone, but God needs people that will move. There's an opportunity cost to us missing it. I like. How, how Pete said it earlier this week, he feels like if he's not moving in, in the way that he's made, he's robbing others of the gift that God has put in him. Abby Tyson said, my life is radically changed by, because others stepped out in their gifts. Because others stepped out in their gifts. There's an opportunity cost to disobedience, really is what I'm trying to say. But come on, be bold, be courageous. The righteous are as bold as the lion. Be strong and walk with Holy Spirit. Lastly, now we're done. Activation. activation. Activation is your choice to move with God and each other in what he's doing, in what he's doing. You are necessary, you are needed, and you are able. And as you step in faith, God teaches and reveals. As you believe in motion, you will grow in maturity. What's another word for those two sentences? It's called relationship with Jesus. We know that as we move in relationship with him, he matures us. We need some grit and fortitude. Maybe you feel like your muscles Maybe you feel like I haven't I haven't moved in a while I haven't served in a while I feel like uh, I'm stale and crusty. <laughs> I feel like I can't. I feel like my gifts are unexercised. I wouldn't know the first thing. There's this beautiful thing in us humans called muscle memory, and I think I think there's spiritual muscle memory as well. Where if you begin to to just Let the Holy Spirit have its work in you. Refresh. I think you'll be surprised how quickly God restores the gifts maybe that have been on the shelf. He'll quickly dust off and you'll be strong, you'll be able, and you are capable to move. But I'm I'm just calling us church, I'm calling us family to begin to step into this moment. What am I supposed to do? Million dollar question, right? We're all pumped up. It's Activation Sunday. Nice chat, motion and movement, all good. What am I supposed to do? I got a bunch of questions for you, and then I'll leave, and then I'm done. I'll leave you alone. Praise God. What's in your hand? What are you supposed to do? Well, what's in your hand? Moses had a stick. God said, "Lift it up." What's in your hand? What do you got? I'm talking actual tangible things. I'm actually talking money, resources, uh, things, possessions, physical items. What do you have in your hand? What's your context? What's your culture, your context, the inroads that you have through different communities that you're a part of? One, One of your communities is right here, by the way. Where can you start serving? Hello. Right here. What are you good at? You're like, nothing. Well, what do you want to be good at? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> what do you want to be good at? What are your desires? What do you enjoy doing? Those count. What do you enjoy doing? Redeem that sucker to the Lord. Let's go. What is that thing that, that sits in the back of your mind that God has said to do? We, got, we all got those things, right? What's that thing? That you know God has spoken over your life that has sat there and that you have never touched. Or maybe you've brought it up and you've just never gone there. What's, what have you known for years but done nothing with? Ouch. Last couple, where's the need? Where's an opportunity? Keep your eyes open. People are all around you. What's your spiritual gift? Use it, step into it. I'll end with this verse in uh, Matthew 22, 37. If we do this, we actually do this, we will not help but be activated. We will not help but be able to be moved. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. You see in Exodus 35, it didn't matter what they had. They loved what God was doing. They had vision, they were God's people. And they loved him, they brought brooches, they brought earrings, they brought furs of all kinds, they brought anything that they had. They brought whatever was in front of them. Does that sound familiar? Acts chapter two, they brought, they sold fields, they gave of what they had in possession and everyone had everything in common and there was no need. This is a moment, church, I wanna invite us into it. Engage, bring what you have. Love the Lord your God. There are promises, there are blessings and there is life. And maybe I'll just end with this invitation. Um, If you don't know Jesus, the cross is the key to all this. The cross is the key to everything I'm talking about. If you've never looked at the cross, seen Jesus, his blood spilt for your sins and received and put your faith and your belief in him that he can actually cleanse you, that He, he makes a way to transfer you from darkness to light to bring you into the family of God that we're all a part of. If you've never received Jesus and you don't believe in him and you don't know what I'm talking about, today is a moment to move. The Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart to respond. And I'd encourage you, come find me, come get prayer. Bless you guys, let's get to work.